When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's SENZ, it's The Run Home. Ricardo and Beeve with you. Thanks to Mick Delivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. And uh, joining us now is not only the finest cricket caller on SENZ, but now the finest cricket caller on TalkSport as well. Daniel McCarty joins us. How you going, mate? Oh, I'm good, Rick Dog. Great to hear from you and the wedding crasher. I hope you're doing well, baby, yourself. <laughs> Yeah, hanging in there, mate. Uh, Daniel, I've got to say, it was, how painful was that experience having the co-coms uh, with a bunch of poms when we're getting our backsides <laughs> handed to us at the Bay Oval? Uh, not as bad as I feared heading into the series because I thought England were certainly favourites and, you know, didn't take a rocket science, a rocket scientist to figure, figure that one out, having won nine of ten games under Stokes and McCullum, but... Uh, the way they started at, you know, 5.83 runs and over in the first session, 5.8 runs in the second session, to be 280 for five, was it, Rick Dog, mm. at T on the first day after being sent in. Fury the worst, but England's... If we take this and look at it as a marathon, a five-day game, a marathon, England started like it was a 100-metre race, and they continued to try to sprint away from New Zealand New Zealand hung desperately onto their singlet for about three and a half days. And, and bizarrely, New Zealand, at lunch on day number three, actually still had a chance of winning the game when England were about 260 runs ahead, six wickets down in their second innings. But New Zealand needed to, to bowl them out, I felt, 30 minutes after that break because they, they needed to be an hour and a half into their innings before night time came based on what we'd seen in, in the first innings and their inability to deal with a very good English seam bowling attack. So, yeah, pretty pretty frustrating overall. England were always a few steps ahead and then powered away. You know, um, you know, you know, steamrolled over the top of Mike Cat, you might say, uh, and powered their way to the line in the end. Mate, so much so much pretest was made about no bolt, and then obviously that was magnified by the fact of Jamison and Henry's situation. Uh, but in the end. Is it the batting that needs to have a, a fairly decent look at itself? Because I guess you look at that second innings, that uh, she doesn't make pretty reading. No, you're right, babe. Um, but the bowlers probably shouldn't also be immune of some sort of criticism. I thought they got better the longer the game went on. My, my colleague Steve Harmison, the former Nally fast bowler, um, after two sessions described New Zealand's bowling as a club attack. 
uh, that the, they were just way too inconsistent. They didn't hit a consistent line in length. The English team and, and players and management will will tell you it's because we knocked them off their length that we came down the wicket. We were assertive. Yeah, uh, to a degree, that, that is true. But New Zealand had to find a way to be a little bit more consistent in the first innings with the ball. So let's not ignore that. But you are right about the batting because I, I, I think heading into the series with, with all those things you pointed out about the bowlers, we looked at one through six in the batting lineup and probably felt that's 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 our security blanket in this test match. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's not as strong as it has been in previous uh, years and iterations, but there's a lot of proven campaigners. A lot of players have scored runs against England, but the fact of the matter is, you could say it's a little bit unlucky. Uh, they had to bat under lights twice. England had to bat under lights once, and that ultimately proved New Zealand's downfall. Uh, credit England for playing at such a rate on that first day scoring rate. They could declare and bowl under the lights. But New Zealand beef in that final session. So day one and day three combined, New Zealand faced 41 overs, um, uh, scored 100 and lost eight wickets. That's really the game there, isn't it? Um, their inability to deal with England's very good bowling in the third session on day number one and three has cost them dearly. Uh, on the flip side, England faced 16 overs on day one under the lights, and they were 79 for two. So they lost a couple of wickets, but they were still able to score runs. Surprise, surprise. You mentioned the campaigners, and they are proven when you just look at their top six. There's no real nowhere else to go, you think? Well, there's one, and there's well, Will Young's in the squad. They could go there. He's played, what, 10, 12 test matches. Um, generally as an opener, I would bat him at number four, Devin Conway. I know people want Devin Conway back at number four. I think even Devin Conway would admit himself, he, he tends to score more runs as an opener or a number three. It hasn't always worked out for him as a number four. I don't think he's going to bat number three. The uh, former captain's sort of ensconced in there. I don't mind Conway opening with Latham, Williamson. They, they could look at uh, Will Young because Henry Nichols, unfortunately, just can't buy a run, but I just have a sneaking suspicion. Uh, just the way that Stead um, and his group have performed over, and, and Gavin Larson, the selectors have performed over the last couple of years. They're a pretty loyal bunch, aren't they? And they'll probably go, well, Henry Nichols had to bat under lights twice at Mount Monganui. We know he's performed well in New Zealand. We'll give him maybe one last go at the base of reserve. I'd be surprised if they made a change. If they will make a change, I would have made a change probably prior to, prior to the series myself. Yeah, it's a, it's a good call that. Uh, I, I think Henry Nichols. if you look at, since that last big dig that he had against Pakistan uh, at Hagley, he's averaged in tests for us about 13. Uh, I, I really think it's time for him to go. I think he, he needs to step aside. And, you know, given that the next test, I mean, we're, we're not in the test championship running anymore. Uh, we can't win no. the series. Um, surely now is time for, for a little bit of new blood, a Glenn Phillips or, as you mentioned, a Will Young in the batting. And, and from a bowling point of view, too, I mean, Wags, you know, love him, but he's not bouncing people at 140 anymore. He's bouncing them at 125, and that's a lot easier to deal with. Um, so surely there's there's a couple of obvious obvious changes there. Yeah, you know, and, and I have been quite interesting purveying uh, the murky world of social media over the last couple of days, and a lot of New Zealand fans are pretty strident in this whole youth um, youth experiment. 
Rick Dog, can you name young fast bowlers who are good enough for Test cricket in New Zealand right now? Well, I'll tell you one. They, they haven't picked already? Yeah, well, one that I, well, a couple actually. I mean, I can't believe Bay Oval's a place that you know the ball's going to swing. Jimmy Anderson and, and Stuart Broad proved that. We only had one, you know, and then you had a clogger like Kugeline come in who I don't think should be anywhere near the team. And yet you've got a swing bowler like Duffy sitting on the sidelines and now they've released him. Uh, and then there's a bloke called Lockie Ferguson who goes all right as well that I would have thought might have been worth but, a look. But Rick, come on. Rick Dog hasn't played a first class game of cricket in three years. He's not an option, so so we need to be realistic about this. Lockie Ferguson is not a not a not an option as it currently stands. Would he be an option in my world and Rick Dog's world? Hell yeah, right. We we would we would have we would have made sure he he uh, developed more as a Red Bull cricketer over the last few years. But uh, that that horse horse is bolted. I would think. Mm, yeah, I mean, that, that bowling attack, uh, you mentioned that Armisen said it was a club attack. I mean, it's a ground, you know, I know we're talking about the game that's been, not the game that's coming, but it's a ground that the ball does traditionally swing and you've got Tickner, Kugelein and Wagner in there who all do the same thing and none of it has got anything to do with swing. So I, I, I'm i almost going to take the pressure off the 11 that were out there and, and look at Stead and see, is, is he really up to it anymore? He seems very conservative and not willing to pull the trigger when the trigger needs to be pulled. Yeah, and he'll come into the spotlight, and that's the nature of the business. Um, you know, he was able to ride the highs when they got to the top of the mountain as far as uh, the World Test Championship. Um, a lot of players have moved on. There's a lot of moving parts. Trent Bolt and Jameson, though. But I, I don't think we can um, undersell how big a loss they are. New Zealand cricket is not awash with huge depth of numbers. It's, England have eight legitimate fast bowling options for Test match cricket. I don't think New Zealand do, and that, I think that was evidence uh, shown at Mount Monganui. I thought Tickner got better as the game went on. Probably warrants another go at the Basin Reserve. He was originally selected in the squad ahead of Kugeline, so surely they'll, they'll lean that way. Uh, Henry will come back in, uh, probably for Kugeline, and the only sort of change to the lineup. But you're right, Neil Wagner has, well, he's 36 years of age. We, we know he's not going to go forever, um, but, but I... I, I I, I do see quite a big step down on talent available to Gary Stead than, say, a couple of years ago when New Zealand were at their height. So that, that might sort of dull the criticism, but probably not. I, I, I sense there's a lot of New Zealand cricket fans who are quite frustrated. Maybe, maybe we've been spoiled, and maybe we need to take off those glasses of a couple of years ago and actually look at what we've got right now. Well, mate, before we let you go... Before that being said, Basin, your your home turf. Uh, any chance of turning it around there? Well, of course there there, there is a chance of turning it around. Uh, the way England play, things can go awry now, can't they? Um, they'll, they'll play an aggressive uh, form of cricket, um, and New Zealand batting, you would think, is going to be far more competent. Uh, I'll repeat, New Zealand were in this test to lunch on day number three and then just a, a horror third session really ended it. Uh, I, I wanted more fight yesterday on the final day, but the game was dead and buried when New Zealand are five down at stumps on day number three. So I, I would expect our batting to be improved. Can our bowling continue to improve? I'm still a little bit sceptical about that. So again, I would have England uh, as favourites heading into the Basin Reserve. We know what's, what it's going to be like. We'll get there two days before it will be green, everyone will panic. Um, then the team will win the toss and it will seem around a little bit for an hour or two. And then it will be a typical Wellington road for three or four days with his pace and bounce, not much deterioration and, and not a whole lot of spin for the bowlers either, for the slower bowlers rather. So, uh, Daniel, um, hand on heart, 
what odds are you going to give me for the same 11 to be trotted out there? Uh, well, they'll make one change, won't they? Henry will come back in, so that's an absolute certainty. Um, I, I think you're intimating, will there be another change in mm. the middle order? No, no, I don't think there will be, Rick Dog. I, I, um, I, I'll reiterate, I'll, I would have made the change prior to the series. They'll make the change after the series, provided Henry Nichols doesn't um, you know, stand up. And I, and I really hope he, he does. I never take any enjoyment out of people you know, losing their spots and sides, but... The fact of the matter is, he has not scored over 40 in a test innings in over a year. and You, you fellas know it's a, it's a results business. He's got a front. Yep, he does indeed. All right, Daniel. Hey, listen, thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, always good to chat. And uh, good luck with the call with the TalkSport crew out of Wellington, eh? Thanks, guys. Have a great afternoon.